Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. How do you want to be remembered? You know, it's really fun coming to a cemetery, a graveyard, and being able to see the inscriptions on the tombstones. Obviously, you know they're called epitaphs. And so the question is, how do you want to be remembered? Because a lot of times, people's epitaphs are what they are remembered for, or what were they remembered by. It's, it's kind of like a short <laughs> summary of their life. Uh, I was reading a couple uh, funny epitaphs, so I'd love to share a couple with you. Um, there's this guy named John Penny, and his epitaph read, Reader, if cash thou art in want of any, dig for deep and thou wilt find a penny. There's another one I ran across uh, by uh, someone who passed away called Jonathan Fiddle. And his epitaph read, on the 22nd of June, Jonathan Fiddle went out of tune. And I have one more for you. Uh, a, A man named Owen Moore passed away. And his epitaph read, Gone away, owing more than he could pay. So those are pretty uh, funny, pretty genius. Um, They were obviously, you know, something that they're remembered by, but also they were able to play on their name like that. Of course, then you have the more serious epitaphs. I think of Martin Luther King's epitaph, which says, Free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I'm free at last which of course is uh, from his famous I Have a Dream speech. And that was certainly how he was remembered as, as one who, who fought for equality and justice. So my question is, how do you want to be remembered? What is going to be written on your epitaph? Have you ever thought about that? What would it say? What do you want to be known for? How will you be remembered? So today, I want to talk about legacy. When I think of graveyards, I think of legacies. What are the legacies we're leaving? And of course, again, we, we know the legacies of some. The legacies is something that is passed down. It's something that we're remembered by. So as I said, we have Martin Luther King, who is going to remember, be remembered as, a, as one who fought for equality and justice for all. And so we remember him in that way. Or, or you might remember someone like Kobe Bryant, who, who is known for his work ethic and his perseverance on the basketball court. Or maybe it's someone like Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, who, who just had this passion for other people. She was very present for other people. The legacy that they left 
took a lot of fortitude and perseverance and intentionality and purpose. And today I want to talk about legacy um, that we find in the Bible. So there's this great person of the faith called the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul talks about leaving a legacy. So there's this book that he wrote to this young man. Actually, at the time he wrote this, he was not young anymore. His name was Timothy. And so he wrote this book of 2 Timothy. Most people believe that it was the last book that he ever wrote. And he actually wrote it from prison because he was imprisoned for his faith. And so here he is uh, leaving these words to Timothy, the, the one who he had mentored for a long time, who he had walked with and was present with. And we find some really interesting things that Paul shares about legacy. And today, as we talk about legacy, I too want to leave us with three things that I think Paul talks about and that the Bible speaks about our legacy. And it's three ways that we can leave a legacy. First, it's a legacy of purpose. Number two, we ought to leave a legacy of presence. And number three, we need to leave a legacy of praise. So first I want to talk about leaving a legacy of purpose. And I, I guess the real question is here is, do you know your purpose? Do you have a purpose for everything you do? So when I, when I look at Paul and when I, we read uh, 2 Timothy, we see that he was very clear on his purpose. And you say, well, what was that? And so we find Second uh, Timothy 3.10, it says, You, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. So what was Paul's purpose. Well, he actually states that throughout his writings, and one I think that's really expressed well is in the book of Colossians, and this is what he says. He goes, you have to continue to believe in this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from hearing the good news, and now we're getting to the purpose part. He goes, this good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. See, he knew right away that was his purpose in life, to proclaim the good news. He goes on, he goes, so I'm glad when I suffer, and I'm glad to continue giving up of myself for the church. God has given me, listen to this, the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. And this message was kept for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know the riches of the glory in Christ and that are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And so we tell others about Christ. Here we go again. He states it again. I tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect or complete in their relationship to Christ. And that's why I struggle and work so hard depending all the time on Christ's mighty power that works in me. You see, Paul was super clear on his purpose. He was to spread the good news of Jesus to all who would listen. So my question again is, so what is your purpose? Now, I do think we all have a purpose similar to Paul's. We need to live in the light of God. We need to live in his mercy and grace and be able to share that with people. 
But beyond that, how has God called you to live? And how has God called you to do that specifically? Everyone is looking for purpose in life. We're all searching for meaning and purpose. And when we get to that point that we realize exactly what God has put us here to do and how we can uh, take a hold of that and walk in that, that's the beginning of leaving a legacy of purpose to those who come behind you. second piece of our legacy that I think is really important is something I'll call the legacy of presence. See, Paul was that person in Timothy's life who was present. Even from when he was young, he was a mentor. He walked with, he taught him what he knew about uh, the scripture. I don't know if if, uh, um, Timothy's dad was present or not, but I do know that Paul was a significant impact on his life. He was present in his life and he walked with. You know, the power of presence is so important. People will remember the time that we spent with them. Maybe not even so much the words but they will remember the time. And I am here in a, in a point in my life when I'm thinking about this even more and more as I think about how I spend time with my family, with my wife, and with my children. And I know that all of you can relate to that. Unfortunately, in my line of, of work and calling, there are so many times that I have to walk with people who have suffered the loss of a loved one. And what I have learned along the way is it is not so much what I say. In fact, it's very little of what I say. And it really is just the power of being with. The power of being available. Presence in someone's life is so important. And that's a legacy that we need to leave behind. There's a huge power in presence. And I know that for me... That that's something, when I think about legacy, when I think about things that people want to say about my life, I want them to say of me, he was present, he was there, he was willing to talk with me, he was available. Being available brings us safety and it helps people feel secure and just know that they are loved, which is again a huge call of us here on this earth to love well and the power of presence is such a huge part of that. Leave a legacy of presence. Finally, I want to talk about leaving a legacy of praise. And really what I mean by that is just honoring God in everything. And and so I was reminded of a psalm. We find it in Psalm 145. And I want to read this legacy of praise, Psalm 145. It says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Now check out this next line. It says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. 
I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. And everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness and they will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They'll speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give you examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. This psalmist talks about leaving a legacy of praise. I love that line where he talks about generations leaving that to those behind. Remember, that's what legacy is. It's what we're leaving behind. So what might that look like? What does leaving a legacy of praise look like? Well, it might be just getting into the daily habit of praying or reading God's word. That's, that's leaving a legacy of praise. It could be um, making the time and the effort to pray with your children. That's leaving a legacy of praise. Uh, it could be just consulting with God on your regular daily decisions every day. That's leaving a legacy of praise. Maybe it's the way others see you as you serve in your church and in your community and you're expressing God's love the best way you know how. That's leaving a legacy of praise. That's giving God the honor that is due his sovereign and holy name. That's, that is honoring God in everything. And I think it's super important to leave this legacy that we are known as someone who, once we pass from this earth, that we were known as someone who gave glory to God and honor to God in every decision that we make. So we've talked about leaving a legacy of purpose, of presence, and of praise. And hopefully you've put together by now that this is something that we need to be intentional about, that we need to incorporate into the daily parts of our life. So as we live this life and all the things that go with it and our busy days and whatever, there are going to be some enemies that we're going to face when it comes to leaving a legacy in these three areas of purpose, presence, and praise. These enemies are going to be the disruptors. These enemies are going to be the disruptors of our daily commitment to intentionality. So here are some of the things that I want to caution us about when we think of enemies of legacy. First, I would say this, greed. Greed is this that idea of taking and not leaving. This idea of, of gathering up and not giving back. And greed is going to derail us. It's going to bring us disillusionment. All the things that we think are going to, you know, make us happy and give us pleasure now. But they're going to be enemies to leaving a legacy of praise and of presence and of purpose. Another thing that is going to be an enemy for us is regret. Some of you I know 
already wrestle with this as an enemy of your purpose in life. And you just have too many regrets. You regret that you did this or that. And you don't feel like you could, you know, turn that around. But let me tell you, God can turn that around for you. You have had the trouble of pushing away the negative things in your life and you've kept them in your life and now they're weighing you down and that's going to be an enemy to the legacy that you leave. Another enemy to the legacy we leave is work. And don't get me wrong, those of you who know me know I love to work and I love to work hard, but honestly, when it's not in its proper place, that too can become an idol and it's going to become an enemy of the legacy that we need to leave of purpose and of presence and of praise. Just think about it. If we're spending so much time at work, how in the world do we have time for presence and for praise and to fulfill the greater purpose that God has given to us and how work fits into that? I've never met anyone who towards the end of their life has said, I wish I just worked a little bit more. Work can be an enemy to legacy. I love what Albert Tate says. He says, don't live for your resume. Live for your eulogy. I like that. Another enemy that we're going to have to leaving a legacy is laziness. Laziness, just the motivation of getting up and going and doing. It's easier sometimes to just let life happen around us and, then, and ultimately we become apathetic to the things we need to be more invested in. And so lazy, even when it comes to like going to church and making a commitment to a community of faith, it's laziness that can often get in the way of that. And finally, one last thing I'll say as an enemy of legacy is busyness. Busyness. I heard someone say recently, Juliet Funt says, this may be the biggest destroyer of being able to leave a legacy. And actually, I agree. We are so busy. Everything is filled up. There's no, what Juliet would call, white space in our life. And ultimately, that's going to cripple your legacy. How are you going to spend your time? Towards the end of his life, Albert Einstein said this, Try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. So my challenge to you today is to leave a legacy and specifically leave a legacy of purpose and of presence and of praise. You know, oftentimes we think of legacy as something that we stumble upon at the end of our life. And I guess in some ways that that's true, but I think it's more true and more accurate to say that legacy is something that we are doing right now. It's something that we're building right now in the daily intentional steps that we're taking. And that's what this whole series has been about, the daily intentional things that we can do in life and so that these lessons we learn 
once we are in a graveyard, last beyond our lives. As Paul is wrapping up his encouragement to Timothy and his kind of final words and kind of his final statements for his life, I am struck over and over again as I read this verse of what he says. Listen to this verse. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. I fought a good fight. I finished the race and I remained faithful. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race and I've remained faithful. And that's my encouragement today. As we seek to be people who leave legacies that last beyond us, that we would fight, that we would finish, and that we would be faithful. This is the legacy that I want to leave behind. If any of you were confused, that was my daughter at the end of that video. (laughs) And by the way, thank you for doing all the video that you do too. So, again, I know when we come to church and we hear this title, Lessons from a Graveyard, that can sound depressing, but again, that is not our heart. And I hope that today, in the last couple of minutes that we have, that we take some time to focus in. I've put kind of the summary here on the screen for you to just kind of take in as I finish and as we digest what we're hearing today. Here's a couple of the takeaways that I want us to think about. Legacy is not just something that happens at the end of our life. It is something that we are intentional about being right now, that we're building into For those of you who are young, for you millennials out there, for you Gen Z, this is critical to pick up. That the decisions, the choices that you're making right now contribute to your legacy. That doesn't mean we're striving to be perfect. That doesn't mean we have to make every perfect decision. But it does mean we need to be conscious of the things that we are doing. And so I want to think about here, um, you know, I've talked about three things, legacy of purpose, legacy of presence, and legacy of praise. My first question to you would be this, what one is easiest for you right now as a daily intentional piece of your life? How are you doing with purpose? Here's a couple questions I thought about as I wanted to get to challenge us to be in this moment, to think through this. Uh, first, I would say, are you fulfilled in your life? Do you feel fulfilled? The second thing I wrote down is, do you have joy? These might be keys, might be keys, and there's plenty of others, but they might be keys to figuring out how you're doing with that purpose piece 
of, of this. Uh, I, I, maybe a lot of you have um, heard of Rick Warren. Rick Warren is, a, is a, a pastor out in California, probably most famously known for uh, writing this book, The Purpose Driven Life. Has anybody read that book? A lot of you. I think it's like the best-selling book of all time is what I hear other than the Bible. But um, he would say, when you're looking to find purpose in your life, ask yourself uh, basically five, five things. So I'm taking this from him, and he says, this is your shape, all right? So the S is your spiritual gifts. What has God specifically given to you as far as a spiritual gift, the way that you can encourage people around you, particularly in how you serve other people. The second thing you ask yourself is about your heart. Where is your, where is your heart drawn to? What do you feel compelled to do? The third thing is the abilities. What abilities has God given you? What natural abilities do you have? Uh, the fourth thing he says uh, is, is the P part. It's the personality. Sometimes just personalities are cut out for a certain thing. Some of you can't be up on a stage because it terrifies you to speak in front of people, right? Maybe that's not what your calling would be, but you are that person who is great at sitting down and listening and being present with someone else. And lastly, he says, experiences. What are the things that you've gone through that you can contribute to in the life of another person? All of these things help shape maybe and help us identify what are we really supposed to be about? So how are you doing with that? Second thing, how are you doing with presence? Let me ask you a couple questions. They might be a little convicting, but let me ask them anyway. Um, how many free nights did you have this week? Don't ask, don't answer out loud. But as I'm thinking through and I wanna be a present person, I've gotta start with how many free nights did you have this week? That might give us a sense of how present we are. Uh, second question I wrote down is, did you spend any time encouraging somebody this week? You know, it doesn't take a whole lot to do that. It takes picking up your phone, writing a text, checking in, meeting someone for coffee. Have you done that? If you can't do that at least once a week, come on. And this is what I mean about the power of presence. Finally, how are you doing with praise? Are you, are you spending time with God? Are you reading his word? I challenge us at the beginning of this year, if you remember, to read through the Bible in a year. I know a few of you are doing that. I hope that you've been able to be consistent with that. The point is not that we have to read through the Bible. The point is, are we being consistent in the time that we spend with God? So are you doing that at all? Let, let me ask you this. Are you thanking God on a regular basis? You know, I think about um, when I grew up, we used to uh, pray before all of our meals. And that's something that, for the most part, we still do in my house. And, and it's like, why do you do that? Is that like Christian code? Like you're supposed to, this is what you have to do? No, no. Honestly, what it does is it allows us in some of that white space and some of that personal time to just stop and to thank God and to honor him. And then let me ask you this final question with this, how you do with that praise piece. In what ways have you demonstrated your faith in God this past week? 
Let me read that again because that could be confusing. In what ways have you demonstrated your faith in God this week? Or do you just have it all figured out? (laughs) No, we don't. So we need to rely on him. How are we demonstrating our faith in God? Just even in small ways. I was reminded again of that in my life group this week as we're having this incredible discussion about our lives. And I realized that sometimes we don't even, we don't even see the movement of God in our lives and how far we've come in certain ways and in certain areas until we are able to stop and to look back and say, oh yeah, that was a step up for me. And I was able to do that. Remember, what you are doing today determines your legacy. And finally, I'm just gonna have us look at the enemies of legacy here. Greed. The idea of taking, not leaving. Regret, the idea of not being able to put aside the negative things in our lives. Work, the idea that we exist to provide. Laziness, the idea it's easier to let life happen around us and therefore we don't get up and do. Busyness, the idea that we have no margin and therefore we cannot be intentional. So again, not to answer out loud, but in your heart, I want you to look at that and say, what is the thing that for you, you probably struggle with the most? I know mine. Do you guys know yours? Raise your hand if you know yours. Yeah, all around this room. So this is it. I just want to challenge us. I want us to be thinking about the legacy that we leave so that when we stand before God at the end and he truly can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful. We're going to have to fight for that, like Paul says. It's going to take courage to to finish it up. But most of all, the biggest thing is I was faithful. That's the legacy that we all need to leave. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace in our lives. I thank you for every person in this room and who's watching this right now. God, would you meet us right where we are, that we, you would open our eyes, that we can see the areas that we need to just start working on right now. That in the daily, that in the daily, that we could realize the legacy that we're leaving. God, help us to see Um, you clearly in our lives. Help us to be intentional about the time we spend with you. Help us to be intentional about the time we spend with others. Help us to be intentional about the daily decisions that we make. We ask for your grace and your mercy for that even this week, God. And finally, God, for those in here who are struggling because they feel like they can't move forward or they have something holding them back or they have this regret. God, I pray that you would just break that off today, that they would realize that it's not what they have to do, it's who they have to be in you. 
that that would not overwhelm their life to make uh, so that we get to the point where we don't even know what to do, that we're paralyzed, God, that you would just break that off today for any person who needs to hear that, God, I pray that in Jesus' name. God, thank you for this church. Help us to be people who are intentional each and every day in Jesus' name.